Hi, Jenna. <laughs> Hi. How about we start this week with you sharing what we just sang? Yes. So um, we just sang the Gayatri mantra. And to start, there is the Gayatri and then there are Gayatri. So every deity has a Gayatri mantra and basically Gayatri is a form. So it's a 24 syllable form of Sanskrit words and there's a structure and pattern to different Gayatris for different deities. And then from that sort of framework comes specifically the Gayatri mantra, which is usually what people are most familiar with when you say the word Gayatri. And this specifically is a hymn. It's one of the most ancient hymns throughout time. Um, literally, humans have been chanting this at sunrise and at different times of day for uh, millennia. And this is the song of the goddess. So inherently, the song itself is the divine mother, the goddess. And it's the goddess singing to her lover, the sun, to, to arise. And so the words are, Om Bur Bovasvaha Tat Savitur Varenyam Bargo Devasya Dimahi Dyoyo Na Prachodayat. And so, in translation, because everyone's like, what does that mean? It's the primeval sound of Om. And we're asking that within this physical world, the mental world, and the spiritual world, that the sun, the creator, becomes illumined in the sky. And we meditate on the um, awakening or illumination of wisdom that comes from that. So it's uh, really a metaphor about the light of illumination um, coming forward for us to access and witness, which goes in very well to the theme of the month, which is the idea of lighting up your path. Um, so this last month of this quarter, um, where it's all about creation, we've gone from like, who? let's start now. Who are we? What's it mean to be human? And how do I start to become illumined on the path that I've chosen? So we're starting big, just like the morning sun with the Gayatri mantra and Gayatri, the goddess herself. So we have, uh, you know, we give our teachers, Jenna gives our teachers an elevator pitch that not all of our teachers, the philo philosophical component is their jam. And so our ask of our teachers is just to share at least the snippet of what the focus is each week. So we have um, Gayatri is the goddess of knowledge, education, and virtue. She is the embodiment of the Gayatri mantra and the mother of the Vedas. So expanding upon, you shared the embodiment of the Gayatri mantra, what this particular Gayatri mantra means and says. Can you share a little bit about her as the goddess of knowledge, education, and virtue? Yes. So I love Gayatri because she's so ancient. And there's a lot of forms of later um, deities that I think we become really attached to because we see them more. So like a lot of people are like Sarasvati, Lakshmi, even Parvati to a certain extent. And really Gayatri is so much older. She is the divine mother, the goddess herself. She is then resonant within all of these other forms and all of these other goddesses. But this particular goddess, she is um, the Tridevi. Uh, she's the consort of Brahma. Um, which is interesting because there's like a story and, you know, again, with all stories from mythology, like some groups believe one thing, some groups believe another, but 
there's a story that Brahma needed to perform a yagna. And a yagna is like a, a, a large ceremony that involves basically burning things and burning karmas ultimately. And Brahma needed um, a consort for the rules of this particular yagna. And he couldn't find his previous wife. Like she just wasn't around. Savitri. Mm. Um, so she's just like gone. And so Brahma's like real upset. I can't do this yagna. I can't do this yagna. And he's like, Indra, what do I do? Because apparently anytime you have a problem, you just, you call, just call Indra. You call Indra yeah. and he just like swoops in. He and does like, love to show up. For, I mean, the reason we're laughing is Indra is like the god of sort of like the heavens and the weather and sky. And like, he's also a very ancient deity, much like Gayatri. But so he just like shows up randomly in a bunch of stories. So Brahma goes to Indra's like, what do I do? I need a consort. And Indra's like, look, here's Gayatri. You can just marry her. <laughs> <laughs> Brahma goes to Gayatri and is like, hey, we're married now. Indra said so. And Gayatri got really mad. She's like, that's so offensive to me. That's not how you should treat me. I am, you know, a jewel. Like, you need to respect, which I am here for. And so she said, from here on out, because I am the Divine Mother, Brahma will never be worshipped except in one specific case. So, I know. So good. So what's interesting, and some of this is like retelling, I think, after the fact, but basically... Brahma isn't worshipped as a right. standalone deity. It's the reason we did Narayana and Ganesha for the other parts of this quarter because Brahma in traditional Vedic culture is not worshipped separately. He just is. So that's like the story thanks to Gayatri because she's like, you've made me mad. Um, that's why we <laughs> don't honor Brahma. But she is the consort of Brahma. So that's where she gets like the knowledge and wisdom and it said that she wrote the Vedas or that she delivered the Vedas, however you want to look at that. She has five heads that mm -hmm. represent the five values or winds, right? So the energy movement that makes up pranamaya kosha, right? So we have all those. So prana, for those who are playing at home, is the energy of the universe and there are different types. And so for humans, within what we have, the sheaths around our bodies in Pranamaya Kosha, there are five winds. There's five energetic movements. And so her five heads are the five winds. They're also said to be the five elements from the, um, the tattva of the of physical space. So earth, air, wind, fire, and ether. Um, that's said to be her face. It's also said, which I, this is my favorite one. Her five faces are so she can look in all directions and up and down at any time. Because, which is like the most mother thing ever. Yes, because by the she's way. everywhere, yes. right? She is literally the earth and space we exist in. So you can't look anywhere and not see her. And more importantly, have her see, look back at you. So like this, I, right? This idea of her five heads is really important. She has 10 arms, so she's, if you've ever seen like Durga on her uh, tiger, so if you ever see a goddess like riding around on a tiger or lion, it's probably Durga. And so she has 10 arms just like Durga, so this big wave of arms, and she holds all the same things Vishnu holds. So as the sustainer, she's holding the same tools, things like Abhyasa Mudra, which is the fearlessness mudra. She's got like... Uh, the noose, she's got like that little discus thing, she's got a chakra, she's got a trident, a lotus. She's packing. A skull. <laughs> she's got like a whole thing. She's got a purse. Yeah. She's got <laughs> yeah, but literally but yeah. because she's everything, right? So it's really important, like she's this, uh, she's abundant quite literally in her physical form in a way that like, while Durga is, Durga's armed for battle. Gayatri is just armed to exist, which I think is like really interesting. 
Um, she rides around on a swan because she's super cool. Obviously. A swan on a lotus sometimes. And the swan um, in in Vedic culture is a representation of the illumination of divinity. So she literally rides on illumination, like the wisdom that we can create or bring into our lives or access. That is her, that's her, her, um, her, what she rides around on. That's what, what powers her basically. Her vehicle. Yeah, her vehicle. Which swan is hum, Hamsa, Hamsa, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. There's so much that I, there's so much because one, um, as a mother, Magnolia was in the kitchen the other day and she was, you know, t- Tom Fuller in yeah, just being Magnolia. <laughs> and I, I saw her and I was like, I see what you're doing. And she's like, how do you see me? I was like, bitch, I see everything. Right. I mother, am your mother. mother knows. Eyes everywhere. Yes, the mother knows. So one that's like such a, that is such a real archetype of a mother, this like all seeing, all pervasive being to the arms. I, I mean... I mean, how many women do you know that, like, they're bad? They've got all their shit. They're ready. Carry everything. And I, it's not battle. It's preparedness. I literally watched moms with, like, a kid on a hip making <laughs> dinner, catching something that fell, and patting the other kid on the head. Like, yes. And you're like, did you grow 10 arms? Like, how are you even doing this? And it is interesting that, like, the status of being the mother or a mother or a caregiver in that way evolves not just like it involves you like that's like a really simplistic thing to say but like your physical experience and your your sensory experience becomes completely different i mean so many women talk about this and it's like well Gayatri pretty much could have told you that like she's like right. yes i have five faces i have 10 arms i am a mother saying to me this is how this works <laughs> which i think you know whether you are an actual mother whether you identify however you identify and we talked about swarupa i think just this archetype of the mother of the of the nurturer of someone yeah. who is capable i think that's you know possibly in everyone but definitely if you identify with that archetype yes. even if you're not a woman or i mean whatever heal, great healers and we can even talk about brilliant surgeons or brilliant doctors or people who are like probably are not super into like the woo-woo approach we're taking there's an element of like when you know what to do to nurture or heal yeah you, be, you grow to that ability yeah and so this idea that it's kind of broad and encompassing but it's steeped in wisdom and it's riding on illumination that's so true of people who are in like healing works and healing arts and all of those things and i mean quite literally like the sciences also (laughs) i think what's also um interesting to this and this there isn't uh, i haven't read a book on this connection but you know the root of yoga huge or you know coming from a yagna perspective it is it is the yoga of alchemical exchange Mm -hmm. or creation of things or production of things um that that is so ancient that the word yoga when it's first seen in the rig veda is often attached with yoga kashema to cook Mm, to alchemize yes Yes. and she's not the mother she's not the goddess of like existing or you know she is the goddess of things that take active pursuit knowledge education virtue um and that really in in uh, relationship to our podcast and a topic of interest that's what yoga is i think often we there are two types of yoga there's yoga where we sit and receive and there's mm-hmm. yoga where we yoga kashema we cook yeah. we we create 
we seek. And <clears throat> to me, this sounds like Gayatri is in that pursuit of, of the seeking, of the doing in yes. order to create the, um, the yoga. And Does that make sense? Yeah. And she's so deeply attached to the sun. Which yeah. is a huge a ball of fire. Yes. It is what creates the elemental qualities to grow food or to burn up deserts or cause fire, right? Like this same idea is so closely attached to her. You sing the Gayatri in the morning. Like you, one of the most ancient practices is to hold, like super ancient, like we're talking even pre-Vedas, right? It's to hold in your hands some water and let the water reflect the sun rising in the east. And you watch the sun rise through the mirror that's created of the water in your hands, right? And you sing Gayatri to the water and to the vision of the sun, the literal transmutation of night to day, right? Like that break point. And then you drop the water onto the earth as an offering. Mm. So like this whole, the whole idea of Gayatri is that alchemical process of the mother as the impetus for creation that is so important. And it is a process of fire, of evolution, of probably a little fear, frankly. Like anybody who's had children or like who takes care of kids, like there's this whole process of like, your soul has been burned up and been replaced with a completely different version <laughs> because now your soul's outside your body and too little in like people. So like there's this element of like within her is this idea of transmutation and burning and yearning and, and growth and illumination that is a core idea of like the divine of the, the divine feminine, which I think is so important. And the fact that she's so old reminds us that no matter how old a culture is. The OG was always the, the mother. The mother. Always. Mm -hmm. Always. And that if you are looking for transmutation in your life at any level, you should go find the mother. Mm. Whether you're a literal mother or a maternal figure or someone who can hold you in the space of transmutation and care, I think, or if it's the earth itself, like if you're really stressed, go for a walk in nature, go put your hands in the grass. The point is, when you're ready to be illumined, the mother is the way. Mm. Always. Mom knows. <laughs> I think that's all I need. <laughs> all we need is mom. <laughs> all, all you need is mom. So, 